Hi, and welcome to Common Sense Leadership. This is a part of our inaugural podcast, and I am so very, very happy that you are with us uh, today in episode number five. I'm your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership, practical wisdom for leadership and life. Looking for just the right piece of advice or the right bit of guidance to catapult your career or your business to that next level? (laughs) Well, you're welcome. Common Sense Leadership is here to do just that. We'll provide practical wisdom for leadership and for life. Stay tuned. Dr. LD, and I'm excited to uh, come to you today for episode number five. And and I want to do a quick recap of our first four previous episodes. And I want to just kind of tie things together as we come to episode number five and, and how that looks and how things are going to flesh out. So when we started uh, the podcast uh, for episode number number one, Uh, Some of the things I talked to you about, I talked to you about the OPP, but we're talking OPP in terms of observe, process, and pivot. Observe, process, and then pivot. So in episode one, we talked about your differentiator, really getting uh, into self-actualization not just uh, what do I like, what colors do I like, what foods do I like, uh, not those more superficial things about us, but really taking a deep dive into who you are as a person and, and how you stand out and, and not really looking at uh, physical characteristics, but looking at how can I differentiate myself from others. And you know, we talked about differentiating, we talked about it being a skill or an expertise, that separates you from others. We also talked about having the data uh, to verify or to validate this skill or this expertise. And remember, I said that when you think about that um, that bullet or that part of the definition that refers to data uh, to verify or to validate, I wasn't necessarily talking about having a bunch of graphs and charts around what you needed to do in order to make people believe that this particular what I said to you is that you could also use qualitative data, not necessarily quantitative, but qualitative data, meaning how do I change the mood? How do, how do, how do behaviors change when I enter the room when I'm a part of a project or a process? And then the last piece is, is really on whether my differentiator can be measured and defended, whether it's unique. And again, I think when we, when we talk about a differentiator, you're gonna get some pushback. Oh, I don't know about that be able to then defend that. So when we talked about that differentiator, one of the things that that I encourage you to do is to to really look at how 
uh, you show up and, and how people perceive you in that. Now, the reason I ask you to do that is because that is the basis and sort of the anchor for us as we talk about more self-actualization, as we talk more about what things can I do better, what things am I really, really good at, and what are some areas of development, some areas that I can, I can work on to make myself more distinguishable or make myself uh, uh, better in terms of showing up and, and how I'm showing uh, what, I, what value I, I do bring. And I shared a story with you regarding uh, my time in undergrad and, and, and really being able to, to understand and coming into your own. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, people are encouraged to do uh, undergrad and, and you leave high school and you want to do something else. Um, you're, you're finding yourself find yourself and, and you find out more about yourself, you learn from other people, and, and you really get a sense of what kind of person you are. So, yeah, you grow from there, obviously, but, but there are some things about your core that, that won't change. So that was for, for session one. For session two, uh, then we talked about vision. What do I see for myself? And I told you over four decades ago when I was an undergrad, okay, I'm not giving my age, but one of the things that I said was that I knew in undergraduate school what I wanted long term. I knew who I wanted to be. I knew how I wanted my life to be. I didn't know details. I, I didn't know, you know, whether I was married or something, you know, have kids, have kids, but never, never thought about that part of it. help others make other people's lives better, okay? So, so I knew that in undergraduate, and, and I knew that because I had a vision for my life. Uh, and I have that vision, and that vision has morphed, it has evolved, it has been modified and tweaked over the years, but the core of my vision has remained the same, okay? It has not changed. And I can say with great clarity and conviction that the life that I am living now is the one that I envision. I have a great life. I love my life. Is it perfect? Nah, because my flowers on the, on the porch, they're dying. And, you know, I'm not doing enough out there, but hey, I just go to the hardware store and buy more. But, uh, but there are things about my life that, that are, are truly, truly a blessing. My entire life is a blessing. So I looked at my vision and I, and I, and I'm seeing it and I'm seeing it come, come full circle to the core of what I thought about and what I saw in undergraduate. So that's why I want you to have this vision. And, and it may be that you go back and look at some of the things that you journaled a long time ago. Maybe some of the things that you thought about five, 10 years ago. Maybe some of the things you thought about when you started your first real job. Look at those and compare those to where you are right now and to what you want to do and where you want to be going forward and have a timeline in mind. I didn't give you a specific one. I, I said to you, select the timeline that's best for you and, and what you want to accomplish. You know uh, your life situations. You know whether you have aging parents or children in college or you have a spouse that's not well or significant other that's, that's depending upon you. So there, 
there are some factors, there are some external factors that may impact your vision, but don't use those as an excuse not to have a vision for your life, not to have one. Uh, just make sure that you do. And then uh, for, for uh, episode number three, we talked about value add. What's going on? Are you adding some value where you are? And what does that look like? As an aside, let me just say this, and I think we all know this, is that if you are working from home, the one thing about working from home, you work all the time, okay? Unless you are very, very strict and and you, you know, and you have a schedule and you stick to it, you're dedicated to that schedule. It's very easy to work all the time. You could be, you know, doing the laundry and then you go, oh, you know, I thought about something rush to your laptop and you do something oh you know you're sitting there on the sofa or watching tv with the family and then you think about, oh i can do so and so you pick up the ipad so if you're not careful you could be working all the time so that's why i'm not really thinking about how many hours you're putting in not the quantitative aspect of your value add but more the qualitative aspect of it okay so that brings us to episode number three and when we come back off this break we're going to talk about episode i'll do a quick recap of episode number four and I'll also bring you up to date and we'll talk about episode number five. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. we're back so uh, in episode number four I talked about team talked about the team and I tell you about my passion around sports I know right uh, so um, when we talked about team one of the things I, I gave you I gave you like a list of, of five starters and a backup right so what I said was actually I gave you only five starters and what I said to you was this on my team I have uh, these five positions and I think that they bear uh, consideration when you're looking at your team, okay? So I, I, I said, on my team, I have a believer. That's someone who always believes in you and always uh, believes in what you're trying to accomplish, all right? I have a networker. I think you definitely need a networker on your team. That's the individual who knows just the right person that you need to be talking to and the person you need to meet uh, to be successful. And then I talked about having that creative slash ideator. That's the person that dreams big. That's the person that really has you thinking outside the box and has you thinking about, oh, this is a good idea, but this will be even better, you know? And you need that person because when you dream bigger, sometimes we are inhibited because we are dreaming too small. So I suggest to you to start dreaming bigger and get, if you can't do it or if you can't really wrap your mind around it, Find that creative or that ideator that you need on your team that can help you to do that. Then you need the developer. That's the person that helps you look at all aspects of your, of your dream. And this could be your entire squad, but definitely you need somebody in that spot, in that four spot 
that is your developer. This is the person that understands how things get done. This is the person that understands, you know what, in order to get this done, you need to talk to so-and-so in this department. Or in order to get your business off the ground, you definitely need to talk to this person because this person can do this, this, and this. And, and they understand how to get this process done. And so that, that's that person that you need. And then the last person you need is the supporter. That's the person that believes in you to the point that they are willing to invest or they know someone that will invest in your vision, that will invest in you business or your move up and that investment could be in terms of finding a sponsor and or a mentor someone that will help you move to that even an executive coach move you to that next level and I talked to you and I said that I gave you some of the folks that are on my team and I wanted you as your call to action from last time I suggested that you go ahead and look at those positions now you could change uh, for, depending upon what you're doing, you may add or or change a different uh, position. Uh, it's like you know all the uh, you know if you're looking at infield baseball, you got a first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, and a third baseman. You have a uh, you have a pitcher, and you have a catcher. In the in the outfield, you got a right field, left field, center field. But one of the things about that is, even though each of these individuals has a responsibility, the first baseman. You cover first base, okay? Now, if the guy bunts and bunts in your direction, you're gonna have to leave that bag and come get that ball, okay? So although the people that I listed have a specific role, it does not mean that they cannot shape shift. I love it, okay? It doesn't mean that they won't shape shift and move to another position or cover another responsibility. But I need this person specifically for this, although I do know that they may hold another role, they may perform another task for me. Same thing about shortstop. Shortstop covers that, that space between second base and third base. Now, you say, why don't I have a shortstop on the other side? Well, on the other side, that's where the first, the first baseman and that second baseman needs to come off the bag if something comes up that side. And the pitcher can come off the mound if need be. So what you need to think about then is LD gave me her starting five. Now, I may use that as my template or I may kind of tweak it a little bit. But what I want you to do is to make sure that you looked at who's on your team. Think about it, okay? Let me step back, look at this. Mm, I don't know if I need them in that position. I probably need them in this position. Remember, when people are in positions, it does not mean that they cannot... Uh, do other other jobs it does not mean that they cannot do other things when we come back after a, a very quick break I'm going to talk about uh, the next item or the next theme for this session session number five be right back Hey, I'm back. Uh, for this episode, what we're going to talk about is we are going to talk about consistency. Consistency. How do we keep going? Why do we keep going? Consistency. Persistence. Firmness of constitution or character. 
firmness of constitution or character. Persistency. We keep going, regardless of what it looks like. Individuals with consistency and who are consistent keep going despite the challenges, despite the setbacks, they keep moving. And that's the thing about consistency that is so important. You keep going regardless. And so many of you that are listening to me, it seems like your entire life, you have kept going. You didn't stop when this happened. You didn't stop when that happened. You didn't stop when uh, you, you maybe, maybe some of you have experienced loss of job. You didn't stop. You kept right on going. You had confidence in your abilities. You had confidence in your skills. So you knew that although I was laid off or although I may have been uh, let go from this job, there are other companies and other businesses out there that could benefit from my talent. It's not the end of the world. But you have to be consistent. Now, the other thing about consistency is this. You have to maintain your level of quality in consistent, to be consistent. If you don't maintain your level of quality, the quality of your work while you're being consistent, then you're being inconsistent. Although you may still be pressing forward and, oh, I'm marching on, I'm not gonna give up, I'm being persistent, I'm gonna keep moving, moving, moving. But if in the course of your constant moving, you are not maintaining your quality of work, you're not being consistent. I, I used to say to, to, to the young, I used to be the youth um, teacher at my church, and I used to say that you don't get points for showing up, okay? You do not get points for showing up. This is not uh, elementary school where they give you attendance points, you know? Oh, they were perfect attendance and blah, 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 you got a little ribbon. No. To sh- you, have to, you have to perform when you show up. You don't just go to school or go to work and say, well, I'm here, um, and you guys just kind of work around me, but you ought to be happy I'm here. Uh, no, no, no. You're here to do a job, not do your job. And you have to do that job to the same level of consistency. Well, okay, so another little thing that I kind of like is I like rides. You know, I like these really scary rides at amusement parks and carolines. So the thing about going to an amusement park, whether Carolines, Six Flags, or Kings, or wherever you're going to, there's always that rule, you know, that tall ruler that's over beside the a little loop around uh, to go to the ride. Even in Disney World and Disneyland, there's there's this ruler. And the sign at the top with a smiley face says, you must be this tall to ride this ride, okay? You know, little kids, they go up and they stand, they're kind of getting on their tippy toes to make sure that they can ride the ride. If you cannot meet the mark, you're gonna have to step out of line and wait until you grow a few inches, but you won't be able to ride that particular day. You might have to go over to, you know, like the Dumbo ears thing so it kind of flies the kids around. You might be able to bumper cars or something like that. But you cannot ride this ride because you're not tall enough. And the thing about that that I I take from, from, uh, from that visual is that if you want to go to the next level, you must be this tall to ride this ride. 
You must be this tall. You must have this level of consistency on your job, in your work, with your business, with your family, with friends. You must have this level of consistency. That level of consistency says that regardless of how I feel personally, I may feel like I've been mistreated on the job and, and they don't appreciate me. You know, in, in episode one, I shared this a very poignant data from uh, McKinsey. Uh, it was on a women in the workplace uh, from their 2019 study. Powerful, powerful reading. And one of the things that it says that all women's experiences in the workplace are not the same. And women of color, especially black women and women with disabilities, experience the challenges in the workplace at a totally different level than other women. And so when you think about that and you think about all of those things, you can never, ever allow those things to act as your excuse. I'm not tall enough to ride this ride. So therefore, my work will diminish or my input will be diminished because you guys don't appreciate me. No, I constantly give my best, even though I may not feel like it, even though I may think that, you know, people really don't appreciate what I'm saying or doing. But this is about me. It's not about who's across the table from me. It's not about uh, who's who's on the second floor, who's, on the, who's in the C-suite. It's not about them. It's about me and whether I can live with myself that I have given my best. That's what I do. I don't give you halfway work. I don't give, I don't give work that is not representative of me. I don't do things that are not representative of me. My godfather said something to me many, many years ago, and um, he's, he's gone on now. And one of the things he said was, you know, when you're an undergrad, you know, you're like so excited because you're learning all these new things. so excited and I was an English major I was so excited I was just typing away and stuff and I would I would not proofread because I was so excited about getting it to him and, and seeing his reaction and I remember uh, taking a report to his office and I was standing there you know so so excited it looked good and and the content was great and he was reading aloud. And when he read aloud, I said, no, it didn't say that. And he said, yeah, it does. And so then I, I started, oh, let me, let me change that, let me change that. And one of the things that he said to me, he said, when you do a quality job, the work will speak for itself. You won't have to explain it. You won't have to say what I meant was. You will not have to say that. The work will speak for itself. A brilliant lesson learned that day. So now, whenever I'm preparing anything, I take the time to proofread. And the great thing about proofreading that I've learned, I cannot. Some people can. I cannot proofread looking at something on a computer monitor. I need to print it out, read it aloud, and then make adjustments. I have to do that. Because sometimes my brain is moving faster than my I want to make sure that what I'm putting out is a quality product. It's something that I can say I'm proud to have my name attached to. So when you think about consistency, when you think about what's going on around you, and what's going on with, uh, with the social injustices, the systemic racism, 
don't allow environmental issues and environmental challenges to cloud or to color your quality of work. Don't use any excuse when it comes to giving high-quality work. When you give high-quality work and you are consistent with it, that becomes a part of your brand. You know what? One thing I know, that when I deal with Keisha, when I deal with Kiera, or when I deal with Sally, or Bill, or Jamal, whenever I'm dealing with that person, they always give me quality work. I don't ever have to send it back to them for grammatical errors. I don't have to send it back to correct the tense of the verbs. I don't have to send it back to them for them to clarify. I, I don't, I don't, I never appreciated uh, a professor marking up my, my papers with red ink. I did not appreciate that, okay? Just so you know, I did not appreciate that. So I wanted to make sure that when I turned in anything, my work, that my work spoke for me. And so when you think about consistency, have this visual of going to the amusement park and seeing that, that, that vertical ruler that says, you must be this tall to ride this ride. Think about that in terms of your consistency. Is the quality of my work, is the quality of what I produce consistent? And does it meet the criteria to be tall enough to ride this ride on a consistent basis? Every time there's something going on, they're calling me because you know what they know? They know that I'm going to do a quality job. In about uh, 10 seconds, I'll be back and we'll wrap this up and we'll talk about your call to action and, and what I want you to do for uh, the next episode. Take a few seconds and we'll be right back. Consistency. What a word. A powerful word. And a word that I want you to really keep in the forefront of your mind this week. Your call to action this week is very, very simple. Just kind of reflect on uh, episodes one through four. And now this episode, episode, um, episode number five, I believe, really helps us to kind of re-envision and, and really rethink why we're doing what we're doing. It's my quality, it's my, it's my, the quality of my work, it's how I'm showing up consistent every day. Uh, my energy, uh, even though I may not feel it, my energy is always uh, a priority for me. And my work is always a priority for me. It speaks to who I am and what I represent. So think about the word of the day and the word of the episode is consistency. Remember, you must be this tall to ride this ride. And when we think about the kinds of things that are in our future, the kinds of things that we want to do going forward, what we want to make sure of is that we are consistent in our work because that consistency will help us. Remember this week, if you would listen and also subscribe to us on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. It's been my pleasure to be with you today, Dr. LD with Common Sense Leadership, practical wisdom for leadership and life. Have a great day.